This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we are continuing with our series this month on how to use LinkedIn. And I am so excited because I'm talking to somebody from Colorado, my home state. Yay, I love it. We've actually had her on as a guest before. So, you know, always love welcoming back former guests because it means they have great, great information. So please join me in welcoming Joyce Foistel to the program today. Welcome, Joyce. It's great to be on. You know, we we always have a great time chatting and, and you know, it's, it's one of those things that we talk social media to each other, you know, and, and it's, it's so much fun because we've been doing this, both of us, a long time and we've seen lots of changes. But what's cool is LinkedIn is still LinkedIn. It's, you know, yeah, it's changed some things here and there, but it is still the business platform. Um, you know, and, and that's what I love about it is that's where people really need to, to be focusing their, their business communications with people. Well, let me tell folks just a little bit about you before we get started. Okay. So Joyce Foistel started her business, Boomer's Social Media Tutor, in 2010 and went full-time with the business in 2013 after a 17-year career in sales. She provides social media tutoring and training with an emphasis on LinkedIn and Facebook for small business owners, business development professionals, job seekers, and others. Joyce helps people to use social media more effectively and productively. An active user of LinkedIn since 2009, Joyce speaks and trains extensively on LinkedIn. So again, Joyce, welcome. Yeah, it's great to be on. I'm excited. Well, you know, we really are going to have a great time, but let's go back and kind of start with why did you start your business? Because it's, it's a fun story and I always love hearing it. Oh, so what, the only other story I like to tell more is how I met my husband. Of course. But that would not be appropriate for this. Some other time. time. We'll have a different program on that. It's <laughs> the other sweet story of my life. Mm-hmm. Well, back in 2010, our manager at the sales job I had at the time told us one day in early 2010 that our marketing department had determined that our company needed to get involved with social media. Mm-hmm. And listeners, think where you were in 2010 when it right. comes to Facebook, LinkedIn, any social site. Of course, mm-hmm. we didn't even have Instagram or certainly mm-hmm. Snapchat and so many things back almost 10 years ago. We were kind of resistant. You know, we were commission salespeople right. trying to sell our service of our company. Mm-hmm. And then he said, okay, folks, I'm just for a few months, I'm going to do you a little special favor. I'm going to give you each $5 for every Twitter follow from our clients, wow, potential clients, because mm-hmm. we were talking to, you know, both our existing clients and potential clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, $5 for liking a Facebook page, $5 for joining our group on LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. then we started paying more attention right. and mm-hmm. saying, okay, okay, Brett, I guess we'll do this. Well, time goes by, a few months roll by, and month after month, Deb, I was 61 years old and the leader of that little incentive pack. Oh, figure, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, how is it that I am the most social media savvy over all my other teammates? Mm-hmm. I still was kind of pinching myself over that. Trust me, never a sales leader, unfortunately. But I was good with, and I should say, I was good explaining social media to the point mm-hmm. where my people would start engaging with us. Well, my manager, who at that time was 35 to my 61, mm-hmm. in March of 2010, thanked me yet again for all my efforts to get this social media deal going. And then he said to me, you know, Joyce, have you ever thought of helping other people in your social media age group, in your boomers, I mean, in your boomers Mm -hmm. age group, you baby boomers, Mm -hmm. to help them to understand social media like you do? Right. And you know what, Deb, I had no plan Mm post-retirement, zero. I figured I'd work to about 66, certainly not 70. Then I really didn't know what I was going to do. Well, this 
observation, this idea planted with me. And I thought, you know, maybe bread is onto something. Mm-hmm. And I did noodle on it over the spring and summer. And by the fall, decided to go for it. And that's when I registered the name here in Colorado with the Secretary mm-hmm. of State. And I started literally begging my friends, especially friends and Toastmasters that speaking in leadership group to see if I could just give them feedback on their LinkedIn profile. Right. Then they asked, well, do I have to pay you something? I said, no, this is my idea. It's my idea. It's my self-enforced internship. Mm -hmm. And I need to know if, A, I like doing this kind of thing, and B, if I'm any good at it. Mm -hmm. So one by one by one, they all agreed. And that gave me more confidence. Because it's one thing to use social media. Mm -hmm. But think about it. It's another thing to help other people understand it. Right. And I do way back when, very early in my lifetime, you know, late teens, early 20s, thought I was going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I have two degrees in education. And I do believe once an educator, always an educator, even if you didn't go down that path professionally in the K through 12 system like I had planned. So what's cool about this world I'm in now is it connects all those dots, like in Steve Jobs' wonderful talk, you know, mm-hmm. to the uh, graduates of Stanford in about 2005, mm-hmm. where he talks about so many things in life They say, wow, look at this. How did I get here? And then you connect the dots back and it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's really, I'm good at helping people learn things. And my Toastmasters helps me get in front of groups of people or even do something like this, do my webinars. All of that comes together. And I just love learning about social media, LinkedIn especially, and helping other people learn about it and simply networking through it and here face-to-face. Right. You know, and, and a little aside that we talk about a lot with, with our listeners is finding your niche. And your niche is boomers. Um, right. You know, it's, it's people who, you know, may or may not be familiar with, comfortable with the technology, you know, and, and, you know, and, and use it probably for a different way than many people who are, you know, the, the, the 20s and, and 30-year-olds. So that's what I love about what you do is, you know, they, it's a group of people who are still very active, but not quite maybe as tech savvy. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm <clears throat> you know, I, I got my AR, AARP card a while ago, but I won't say when. Um, but I tell people, you know, people, well, you know, when did you have your first computer? I never touched a computer till I was a senior in high school, and it was in a different state. <laughs> it was not at my high school. It was certainly not at my home or anything like that. And you know, and and so we're not like the younger generation that that grew up with you know computers attached to them. You know, with with thumbs that automatically know how to text all these various things. But these are still tools that we need to utilize, especially if we're in the workforce. And you know, and, and let's be honest, especially many boomers, they're still in the workforce. You know, oh, yes. Long gone are the days where, you know, unless you made a bazillion dollars, you retired at an early age. Now, you know, there are a lot of people who did retire at an early age and then chose to go back to work. But like, for many people, yep. they're, mm-hmm. they're having to continue working. And, and so using technology and, and in particular LinkedIn really is such a valuable tool for them. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I started doing here in networking um, in those face-to-face environments, mm-hmm. I actually started saying people 45 and up. Right. Because being myself on the older end of the boomers, I'm born in 48 and boomers mm-hmm. go from born in 1946 to 1964, for those that may not know. Mm-hmm. At any rate, people would look at me, think I want to be around people my age, send me off to some, I don't know, independent living or something. Right. And so I'd say, no, no, no. I really mm-hmm. want to work with people as you described them, people mm-hmm. in the workforce the baby boomers, even there's people older than our generation, they're still trucking in their people in their mid to late 70s. And then that older Xer group, in many ways, uh, has a lot in common with the boomers. Mm-hmm. Depending on what kind of work they did, like I didn't touch a, a computer dev till I was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Because I've been a home mom for a long right. time. Right. You know, and, and many people in their, their you know, mid 40s or even 50s often have found themselves out of work. You know, and, yes. and they might have had a job for 20, 30 years, and they're thinking LinkedIn, oh, you know, what do I do? Um, you know, and, and so I love that you have this service for them. Yes. Well, let's kind of start with some of the basics. And, and you know, some of my other programs this month, we've gotten very detailed about how to use it for sales and how to do this and how to do that. But if we don't know the basics, it's not going to matter. 
Um, right. You know, and, and for many people, especially, you know, those of us that kind of jumped on the LinkedIn bandwagon a while ago, we thought, oh, hey, this is cool. We cut and we pasted our resume and then we never went back to it. You know, and, and so let's really start at the beginning with, you know, you, you've got a basic profile on LinkedIn. Now what? You know, what do you tell people when you look in the, and, you know, they, they really did do the cut and paste thing and, and that's about it. Okay, what I like to do is just start at the top and go down. Okay. Now, there's that cover image, background image, I believe. Oh, I love those. That LinkedIn uses. Now, some people could do fine with just the default kind of bluish image. Mm-hmm. I had one client that just changed it to a solid color. Ooh, that for stands a out. Owner, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it looks very clear, very clean. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us who are business owners, entrepreneurs, if we don't do something with that space, we are losing out on an incredible branding right. opportunity. It's a billboard. Yeah, it is. Now, what's tricky, though, with LinkedIn, say, versus a business page, which many people are maybe more familiar with, is on Facebook, I mean, not mm-hmm. LinkedIn. But on right. the Facebook business page, you have access to all that space, that whole rectangular space, because mm-hmm. your profile photos off kind of to the left. Mm-hmm. But on LinkedIn, here's where it gets tricky. Your profile photo is off to the left. Yes, uh, overlapping a little bit, this mm-hmm. image. But then on the app, Deb, have I you noticed know. it's still in the middle? And it takes up a lot of space. It does take up a lot of space. Mm -hmm. So really only you have about the top third of this rectangular space and maybe the right-hand third. Mm -hmm. Think like an L or something. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be very judicious and careful in terms of where you put the critical information, but you still could do something with it. Mm -hmm. So then going down, we have, of course, the profile photo. And here again, the older people, especially ladies, very sensitive about looking older. I say get over it. Get mm-hmm. over yourself. And if you have those kind of neck things, you know, wear a turtleneck or something. Mm-hmm. So the point is you want to look like you're going to show up at a job interview or show up at a client meeting. So have just a really nice professional photo. It doesn't have to be taken by a paid professional photographer, though I would say that's one of the best investments you'll ever make. Because they can make those neck things yeah. go away. Yeah, <laughs> they do that. Mm-hmm. They do that, yes. And then going down, you have your headline. Mm-hmm. Now, the headline maybe not everybody knows this, is a default what's in there from what you put as your job title in your current position and then mm-hmm. who you work for. Well, to me, that's really not very interesting for a business owner who's got 120 characters or even more if you want to do it through the mobile app, another 100. You've got those 120 characters. Why not use terms that are going to be good for your search engine optimization, mm-hmm. your SEO? Right. You could talk like I have social media trainer or small business owners or mm-hmm. business development professionals. What you offer, who you offer to, and say I have my tagline in there, making social media simple, easy, and fun. Mm-hmm. So all those things could be put into a, an, uh, a headline, and you capitalize the words just like a newspaper headline, and then you have a little pipe key as a good separator, mm-hmm. that key that's right above enter when you hold right. on shift. Mm-hmm. Well, now I've got the top part of it done. And then not to forget over to the right now, you're going to have your contact info. So a lot of people forget about going into there. So mm-hmm. say you set up this LinkedIn profile the account 10 years ago and you had some Yahoo account mm-hmm. or heaven forbid AOL maybe, who knows? Mm-hmm. But at any rate, <clears throat> so you want to go in there and make sure that the displaying email is the one that's your business email. Mm-hmm. Like me, it's a B. Joyce at Boomer Social Media Tutor, not my personal email, which I still have affixed to the account. Mm-hmm. Also go through and make sure you've got your website in there, that you've got it. Like I have a meetup group, so I have the URL for that. I have a URL for my Facebook page. You can put in up to three URLs. Mm-hmm. And then, you, of course, your email's already there, but updated if you need to. Your phone number. I use a Google Voice number now. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Mm-hmm. Tell that to a lot of job seekers, too. And certainly most people wouldn't use a physical address unless, of course, they have a brick-and-mortar location or mm-hmm. office, professional office. Right. And if you are active on Twitter, you can also have your Twitter handle mm-hmm. in there. Right. So i just like to make sure all that is updated. I'm very mm-hmm. kind of nitty-gritty about that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and the contact talk. information really is absolutely critical. Oh, um, it's, was, it's essential. Talking, right. I was talking to a group last week, and they, they, they said, you know, should I have my business email address? there, <coughs> excuse me, or 
something like Gmail. And I said, well, part of it depends on why you're on LinkedIn. You know, if you're on LinkedIn looking for a job, it's really tacky to have your business email address there. <laughs> that would be awkward. That's bad. That's not good. You know, and, and people expect Gmail. I mean, that's, you know, that is, that's not anything bad. As no, Gmail's professional. fine. Right. Yeah. You know, if it's like Joyce, you know, Joyce Foistel at gmail.com, that's perfect. If it's honeycakes at, you know, Gmail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's that's right, right. Um, huh. You know, and, and I told people, I said, you know, that really is, you know, one of the things that, that you need to look out for, as you said, you know, we need to make sure that's current. How many of us set up our email address? And you, this, this is one of the tips that you have in some of the information you provide. You know, so many of us set our LinkedIn accounts up years ago. And so we have email addresses in there that we don't even have access to anymore. So get rid of True. them. Yep. Now, one other sometimes overlooked thing is, you know, you have your education, you have mm -hmm. your company, and then where you went to college, if you did go beyond high school, mm -hmm. and then your contact info. Well, let's say there, you don't want to have that education display. In, in, when you click on the pen, pencil mm -hmm. right there below where the cover image would go, mm -hmm. it takes you into where you can update your headline so it's mm -hmm. what you want. There's a place in there somewhere that says, do you want your education displayed? And you can say no. So then you can just be silent right. about that. You, what you, that you just didn't mm -hmm. go to college or maybe you don't, you're excited about where you went to college or whatever it is. Or if you have a degree, maybe your undergraduate degree is from a more prestigious university than say a master's degree. Mm -hmm. Let's say you went to the University of Wisconsin like I did for your undergrad and you went to the University of Phoenix for your master's. Well, maybe I'll just put the University of Wisconsin mm -hmm. at the top. You can move those around. Right. Well, and, you know, I, again, I tell people, you know, why you, why you are on LinkedIn is going to determine some of these things. You know, if you're looking for a job, networking with alumni is a great way to be able to, to reach out and connect with people. So you don't want to hide that unless you have specific reasons, um, you know. Right. And so, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that maybe we need to think about as we're doing all of this is to sit down and really write out why are we on LinkedIn? What are our goals? What are we going to accomplish with this? And that will help us with all of these steps along the way. I'm really glad you put it just like that. And you're really kind of helping me, I feel, in this conversation to better serve my clients. In terms, let's cut to the chase here. What is our goal mm -hmm. with this tool? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah so then we would go down to the summary. And right. here, too, it would tie into why you're on it. Now, I had a guy just the other day say, I couldn't quite connect the dots between what you had in your work experience before you started your business and, mm -hmm. and that you're in this business. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I think I, I thought I told that story a little bit, which I do in my summary. Mm -hmm. But I could, I could reference my past work life in a, a couple sentences up in that summary. So there's sort of a segue. You know, Joyce, who originally trained, you know, as a teacher – worked in nonprofits, mm -hmm. um, then worked in sales for 17 years, blah, blah, blah. Then that could be just a little bit of background right. so people could see where I was before I launched into this business of social mm -hmm. media. Right. You know, and that's always a tricky question that I get from people who are completely pivoting into a different career, either by their choice or by somebody else's choice. Um, right. you know, and, and they say, you know, how much should we go into our background? And I say, well, you know, you didn't just appear. <laughs> you know, and yeah. your background does pertain. Um, you know, I had a gentleman one time that I was working with who was former military. And, you know, he did that, well, if I put it down, I'd have to kill you. Um, you know, and, and well, I that's said, true. There's classified. Right. Yeah. right. But I said, you know, you still were a people manager. Did you manage budgets? All of these various things that still translate into the workforce without giving those specific details. True. Or, you know, if you completely change, there's a lovely gentleman here that, that I network with, and he is an absolute delight. I love seeing him every time I see him. He is a retired cardiologist. So he is a physician, obviously, with lots of training. And he, he has gone into to several different things now that he has retired. And he asked me that one time. He said, should I put in there that I was a cardiologist? And I said, well, okay, we all know that you're a doctor. And so if you don't refer to it, it looks weird. And I said, so downplay it, you know, say, you know, or, or be very specific, you know, whichever you want to do and say, you know, now that I'm retired, here's what I'm doing. And again, it's, it's like you said, address that in your summary. Right. 
Yep. So I just got to get in there and take care of that today. So the, and the summary. Oh, I know. I, every time I talk to somebody, I have to go and make changes on my yeah, part. Yeah, me too. One other common, um, I don't want to call it an error, but one thing I see that business owners do too often is they treat the summary and even the job description for their position as if they were writing the website copy. Mm-hmm. And I prefer and I think you would agree and others agree that people write the summary, at least the summary in the first person voice. You know, I'll be honest. I go back and forth on that. And 99% of the time I say first person, my profile is written third person. Really? And the weird person, I like how that reads and I don't know why I may very well go back and change it back to, you know, I, but it was, I redid it recently, and and it was just kind of one of those things that I'm tinkering with. Um, but I agree with you that it, it needs to be personal. It's almost like you're talking to that person, and yes. I'm not going to say, well, Deb did this and Deb did that, you know, and, and so I don't know. I may go back and change mine. I think, you know, this is what a lot of people say. It doesn't mean it's like written in stone and everyone has to do it. I think it also depends what people in your profession do. So say right. lawyers or doctors to take mm-hmm. these highly trained professionals, they may prefer to use a third person uh, or sometimes even the declarative voice. I've seen Mm -hmm. a lot of job seekers use, I'll call it the declarative voice. Mm -hmm. So I think it really depends on a lot of factors. But for the business owner, who's primary audience here, I think, I think using the first person just generally speaking makes you more accessible, more friendly. Right. More like I'd like to go out and have a beer with that person. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to get to know them. Mm-hmm. So it's the chance just to paint that picture about kind of your personality, your style. Um, so it, I think it's more, I think of it as more conceptual mm-hmm. and a little more visionary even like, why am I here? How do I help people? Then, then when you get down into the work experience and you have that position description, to me, that can be more resume-esque. Right. Again, mm-hmm. more of the declarative voice, mm-hmm. past third person even. Mm-hmm. So I think that the just- stats, depends. the numbers, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And see, the thing of it is that I wanted to, I think I've read it up in my, my talking points here. So skipping down to, to work experience for a minute, I think if you have different offerings, which is very common these days, mm-hmm. maybe even different businesses, make sure even under the same company and you have very distinct offerings, give them each their own day in the sun with their own position. Right. So I have my corporate LinkedIn training and consulting. That's one position under Bloomberg Social Media Tutor. Mm-hmm. I have my presenting. I do a lot of speaking mm-hmm. here locally in the Denver area. I actually given that a separate position. Right. You have 2,000, almost 2,000 characters for each of these. In the summary itself, you have 2,000 characters. Mm-hmm. So it gives you so much more chance to tell your story. Plus, you can add media, which is a good segue here. That, you know, the videos, the PowerPoints, all the different media, mm-hmm. you can add them to each of those individual positions and, of course, right under your summary. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's, let's continue with summary here for a, a second. I've got yeah. yours open, and I love it. Obviously, you teach people how to do this. But one of the, you know, so I'm just going to kind of go through this on, on, on the things that I really like about it. And there's nothing I don't like. So let me just say that first. Oh, thank you. Um, so... You immediately have your contact information in there, you know, and, and to me, that's so important because, you know, yes, there is a contact info button and all of those various things, but this puts it right in front of them. It's in there. Yeah, someone told me to do it. I thought it was a little salesy, so it's good that you reinforce like it. me doing it. I like it. it. Um, you have very short paragraphs. Uh, you know, a couple of them have maybe two or three sentences, but they're very short and very easy to read. You know, again, conversational type of thing. Now, you don't hide your age, and I really like that. But, you know, for some people that might be, especially if they're in the job market. I mean, you know, we all know that, that ageism exists, but we also have to be truthful. And, you know, and, and companies, if they're hiring people, you know, they, they finally have figured out for the most part that wisdom is a good thing. And wisdom and experience come with age. Um, so, you know, so again, I, I love this. Um, you've got bullet points in here. Again, makes it easy, easy, easy to read. You have a testimonial. I love this concept because, you know, we all, you know, we, and we'll talk about this later on, you know, we have recommendations in LinkedIn, but sometimes we get testimonials from people that aren't on LinkedIn. Now, yes, we can go, we can ask for them and all those various things, but I love the fact that you have this just right here where people can see it. 
um, you know, and, and so you've got the, the direct quote, you've got who the, the person is. And so, you know, I just, I love that concept to be able to put that testimonial right there. And then you do use rich media. You've got two videos that are on here. Yep. You know, and, and so it's, it's quick, it's easy to read. I'm, you know, it's, it's hard for me to tell at this, but I'm guessing it's about 1,500 characters. Do you Actually, know it's them? pretty close to 2,000. Okay. I haven't checked okay. it lately. You well, know, and, I want to give a shout out to Wayne Breitbart mm-hmm. out of Milwaukee, who is, a, right. her, you probably know Wayne or of him. We've had him on the program, but it's been several years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he and I had a session last June. Mm-hmm. I paid him money Ooh. to help me mm-hmm. uh, my LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that pushed me to put the testimonial up. Mm-hmm. He's the one that says, Joyce, put your contact information up. And when you think about it, when someone finds you on LinkedIn, they're not yet connected to you. Mm-hmm. Unless you've adjusted that setting about who can see your email address over right. in the settings and where mm-hmm. contact information is. But the point of it is, why not make it easy for people to reach Right, you? right. You know, and I always tell people, we're busy people. And sometimes the only thing they read is your summary. Yep. So, you know, that's where you want to have kind of the meat and potatoes of everything. You know, the, the everything else on LinkedIn is, you know, the, the side dishes, but here you've got, you know, what you need there in case that's the only thing they read. And so it's like you said, you know, we've got to have a killer photo that is current. And, you know, ladies, hello, when we changed our hairstyles, when we change our hair colors, we need a new picture. Um, I, I said that at that group that I was speaking with last week and several people said, nope. I said, yeah, you do. And, and my thing with it is if you, if somebody has never met you and they're, they're going to meet you, they should be able to walk across a crowded room and pick you out based on your LinkedIn picture. Amen. Um, you know, and, and, and is it going to show that we might have a little bit more years going on? Sure. They're going to figure that out anyway. You know, I, I connected with somebody the other day and then met them in person and their headshot, and this was, was a woman, was easily 20 years old. And no to way. me, then that put into question everything else she said. You know, it was kind of uh-huh. that whole truth in advertising thing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and so it was like, you know, and I've seen men like that too, who, you know, they, they had this great picture that was taken. For many of them, I love it. A lot of times it's, it's their wedding photo. And I'm like, no, you don't wear a white silk tie all the time. So no, I know it's your wedding photo. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they don't get a new picture either. And now granted, men don't change as much as women. Um, but they but, get yeah. gray hair, they yeah. lose hair, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. all of that. And you know, one other thought I had, Deb, about this is, excuse me, but the mobile mm-hmm. app, Right. everyone should go to their mobile app. Hopefully mm-hmm. you should have LinkedIn on your, on your smartphone. Oh, right? yes, you should. You and better. look at how your profile displays on that small mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. That's where the bullets and all of all that white space are even more important. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and... And here's a cool thing about the picture. Now, I haven't tried this yet, and I'm not exactly sure why LinkedIn has done this. You can, they have filters and things on the mobile app for your, your photo. You can change it to black and white. You yeah, can that's it, right. I saw that. And I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, that's fun on Facebook, but I don't know about it on LinkedIn. I wouldn't get too cutesy unless you're an artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave me looking like me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, but, but, you know, and, and you've got, as you mentioned, you've got the great headline. So you've got a great picture. You've got a great background image, um, you know, and, and this great summary. And so really, if that's all I read, I know enough right there to know yep. that you are the person I want to connect with. You also have in there, and I want to mention this, especially for small business owners, entrepreneurs, um, you have your website in the summary. Yes. Now it's not an active link, you know, and, and LinkedIn won't make it an active link. That's kind of one of their little annoying things. But that means I don't have to scroll down and look through activities or through through your um your your jobs. I can right. just look at that and go, oh, okay. You know, if you piqued my interest enough, I might just copy paste and go straight to your website. True. And then you've got action items. Sign up, read, download, purchase. You know, and, and so I love it. And you know, back to if you're a job seeker, why not say in there, call me, reach out to me, look at my website, all these videos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. I love it. A plus, A plus, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, I want to work my way down next to yep. um, work experience. Okay. Now, one thing I like to do is I like to add my leadership roles as yes. jobs. I love it. I love that. Glad you agree. There's a couple reasons here. First, 
well, three at least. One, it shows your generosity of spirit. It shows mm -hmm. that you give your time to worthy endeavors and mm -hmm. people respect you enough to elect you to the board of their mm -hmm. entity. Right. So it says a lot about your largesse and mm -hmm. your altruism and all that. Secondly, it's great PR for the organization. Mm -hmm. Think about it. It really is. Right. And thirdly, people can now recommend you mm -hmm. for your role in that leadership capacity because you put it in the job area and the work experience. Mm -hmm. If you relegate that only to volunteer experience, they cannot ever recommend you. Right. For them. It won't come down on the drop down options when, you know, when we talk about recommendations. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, I love having that in there uh, because you're right. And, and for many of us, we spend a lot of time volunteering, you know, and, and so why don't you want to get credit for it? Um, but it's, it's great to be able to put that in there. And it, in many cases, shows a skill diversity. Um, you know, yes. long ago when I would teach, you know, when, well, when I taught at college courses and, and then when I speak with high school, college kids and they say, how do I get experience? I tell them you need to volunteer. You know, that is one of the best ways to get experience. Or if you're changing careers, or maybe, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that you were a wonderful stay-at-home mom, and, and then you went back into the job market. Well, a great way to get skills is to volunteer. So put it there as work experience, because it was. It was work experience. Just because you didn't get paid for it doesn't mean it wasn't work. Exactly. Now, I think it depends. If you're simply a member of a group and kind of on right. the periphery, mm -hmm. you need I to put that down under yeah. volunteer experience. Maybe you occasionally mm -hmm. help at registration or something mm -hmm. of an I'd event. I'd say board position or committee chair. Right. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then down at organizations, you can list organizations because that's important to skip way down there, a part right. of uh, accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Because say, for example, I'm big into Toastmasters, as I mm -hmm. mentioned. So if I'm scrolling through someone's profile really quick and I see they're in Toastmasters, I will connect with them from practically anywhere in the world. Right. Because I know the kind of ethical, mm -hmm. um, stand-up, delightful people that join that organization. Right away, mm -hmm. I know I'm going to like that person. Right. Well, and... I, if I see somebody who has Toastmasters experience, I know they're a great speaker. I mean, all sorts of things. I, you know, I've, I've never been in Toastmasters, but I, I recognize the value of it. So it's one of those right. things like, oh, okay, wow. Mm -hmm. So be thinking about all of those. Mm -hmm. And um, there was another, oh, you know what they did? Did you notice that, that um, licenses and certifications had been until recently down embedded in all the other accomplishments, mm -hmm. yep. but now they're up there in their own section. Mm -hmm. I, right after your, let's call it traditional education, your right. academic college mm -hmm. type of coursework. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting how LinkedIn tinkers, and you know, and that is one of the things that I always remind people, especially those people who you know their their LinkedIn profile is a ghost town until they need it. Yeah. We'll talk in a bit about how often you should be going to LinkedIn and what you should be doing there, but you always need to go in and look to see what does your profile look like? You know, you mentioned, you know, on a, on a smartphone, what are people going to see? All these various things, you know, so when they add, remove, delete, you know, these, these sections, you need to know that, you know, maybe you were somebody who license and certifications was huge, um, you know, and, and you need to, to really emphasize that or, you know, all these other things, you know, maybe, maybe you were a full-time volunteer, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, make sure you're looking to see what's there. Well, the thing that's nice, if you had populated that section, the licenses and certifications mm -hmm. it didn't um, go away. down below accomplishments, they have just automatically flipped it yep. up into that section. So mm -hmm. good for LinkedIn. Perfect. Perfect. And there are a lot of people who have licenses and, and certifications, you know, for their, their current job. And again, you know, those who are changing careers or, you know, thinking about that, it still put it down, you know, yeah. because, you know, say maybe you had a license six, you were working in insurance, so you had a license six, and now you're doing something totally different. Well, it still shows that you were dedicated enough to get that license or that yes. certification, um, you know, and, and so that's, again, that's a skill that people are looking for. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think of going back down the profile. Um, one thing that people should know in case they're not super familiar with LinkedIn, there is this section toward the top, a little button that's called add a profile section. Mm -hmm. So that's where you need to go if you think, well, why can't I add this? Mm -hmm. But I'd like to actually go now from, we kind of talked about education a little bit and go down into the skills and endorsements section. Okay. 
Now, what's different from it was years ago, because we've both been on LinkedIn quite some time, is they used to display your top 10 skills. Right. Now they only display your top three skills. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, you have been able to go in and override the default display, which mm -hmm. is always has and still continues to be, I believe, by the number of endorsements you have. Mm -hmm. So say if I'm endorsed for Facebook, social media marketing, you know, and LinkedIn so training, whatever it might be, I can go in and click on that little pencil, mm -hmm. and then I can. Uh, I, there's a little blue like a push pin, mm -hmm. so I unclick that. The skill stays in my skills section, but it removes it from the top three. I can go down and scroll, like maybe something with LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I don't have it in the top three. Uh, then I can just click on that push pin there, and it brings it up to the top three. Right. You know, and and again, that's important to look at because. It's the it as in LinkedIn is bringing up by default the ones that have the highest number of people who have endorsed you for it, and that's not always something that that we want to be listed in those top three. You know, I, I have people who have endorsed me for things. I'm like, I have that skill. I do. Hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't need to accept those because there, there's right. these petty endorsements, and if you don't agree with it, don't accept it. See, a lot of people just have inadvertently accepted it, which goes into the. Um, we can go back into that pencil and you see the little trash can uh, icon. And if like that case of yours, maybe inadvertently added that skill because you were endorsed by that person, mm -hmm. then you can just get rid of that skill. Right. And you can even move around how the skills are listed in the top mm -hmm. three. And in each of these sections, LinkedIn for some time now has grouped together skills like industry knowledge, interpersonal skills, which I actually rather like that. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and it gives you, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are things here, huh, see, I'm going to go into my profile after we're done, um, because, yeah, the, the way they're listed here aren't the way that, that I want them to show, um, but it is, it is interesting how they do it, and, uh -huh. uh, um, and you know, at the, the same point, if you are wanting, you know, to, to highlight some things, contact some of the people that you're connected with, who you trust, and who know you, and you have them start um, endorsing you for these things yes. um, because that will help move things up. But again, you know, it has to be real because, you know, the, the worst thing is if somebody would contact them and they say, oh, I really didn't know that about Joyce. She just asked me to do it. No, you better be genuine. <laughs> and the same with recommendations. I've had people ask me to recommend them. I know. You don't even know them. <laughs> Toastmaster, I even know them, but I know them as a Toastmaster. I don't know them for their job. Mm -hmm. So right. I just have to write them back and say I cannot recommend you because I'm not familiar with your work. Mm -hmm. Right, and you know, and I'm I'm like you. I'm very polite about it. I say, you know, I'm I'm simply not familiar enough with you to to be able to do that. And so let's let's talk a little bit more about recommendations because those are a critical point of LinkedIn. Um, you know, I always tell people when you're reaching out to someone and asking for a re recommendation, be as specific as possible. Because we, we, we're not always as memorable as we think we are. Yeah. So if I just said, hey, Joyce, would you give me a recommendation? I'd probably get back, you know, Deb's a good person to work with, knows her social media. <laughs> you know? no, that's wow, amazing. that's impressive. Yeah. But if I, you know, if, if say you and I had worked together on a project and I said, hey, Joyce, can you write a recommendation about that project that we worked together on in 2017? Maybe even give some details about that because, again, you know, we, we need to jog people's memories. The, the more I ask for, the more likely you are to, to do it. And the important thing is if you're going to give me a recommendation, you want it to be good. So yeah. you don't want to, you, you know, you don't want to just say, well, hey, you know, she's a good person to work with. So it, people appreciate it when you almost, you, you know, uh, give, when you give them guidelines as to what you're looking for. I, yeah, I, I think that's the perfect way to frame it. I had somebody actually write me, tell me, this is what I want you to say about me. She wrote the whole dang recommendation, Eek. which feeling like lazy or something that moment I did it, but I thought that was cheeky. Mm -hmm. um, I did not cheeky's, care for it. He's a good word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just a few uh, guidelines is better. Mm -hmm. And then another little functionality thing that people sometimes may not think of. So you're going, say, I'm going to you. I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you, Deb, please write me a recommendation. I, you know, I go through our little template and then I send this off. And mm -hmm. where does this go to? It goes to your messages in mm -hmm. LinkedIn. How many people in LinkedIn never pay attention to their messages? Hopefully we'll have time to get to that before right. today. So what I say to people is when you want, you really want this person to recommend you, email them, call them, mm -hmm. right. let them know that sitting in their messages is this request from you. And right. then when it comes back to you, for cripe's sake, I think that's a Wisconsin term, mm -hmm. but anyway, for, for like Pete's sake, for cripe's sake, uh -huh. what you need 
to two is read that like two or three times mm -hmm. and make sure there's no punctuation errors and spelling errors. I've had people misspell my name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So make sure that it's accurate mm -hmm. and well-worded because you know what? Remind that person, this recommendation lives on their profile and mm -hmm. on yours. Right. So don't right. ever be shy mm -hmm. about asking them to redo it. If there's a little button you push, it's easy peasy. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and as you said, you know, you can go back and maybe it's a date, maybe it's a spelling error, um, you know, and, and things like that, because it, it's their reputation also, you know, so they don't want something out there that, that looks bad. Precisely. So I say, what do you think? I'm saying usually two or three recommendations mm -hmm. per position, at least a couple positions mm -hmm. and yeah. have them be like this year. Well, we're only in January, but, you know, have them be in the last six months, maybe. Right. Well, and the cool thing about recommendations is, you know, say you're somebody, you know, we started out the program by talking about people who, you know, their, their profile was a ghost town and now they're going in and starting it. This is a great way to reach back to people and reconnect with them. Um, yep. you know, maybe you worked together five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, all these various things. It's a great way to reconnect. Now, don't immediately ask for the recommendation. Yeah. You know, this is all about building relationships, folks. We talk about that all the time. But reconnect with them. And then, you know, a little bit later on, say, hey, would you mind giving me a recommendation? And then the other key point is, if possible, give them a recommendation. Doesn't always yeah. work. I mean, you know, yeah, this sometimes, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like, say, uh, say, you know, say I, I uh, attend a, a webinar that Joyce puts on. It wouldn't be appropriate if I asked her to give me a recommendation. Um, you know, so it's not, a, and, and I've heard people say that, well, I will only give one if I get one. Well, no. that's not the way this world works. So um, what I was trying to think of, I wanted to at some point move over into some of the functionality. I think we've gone through, can you think of anything else, Deb, in the profile? Let's, let's talk about, um, well, and, and this may be the functionality part, um, the, the invites and connecting with people. Oh, yeah, I was hoping we yeah. get to that. Yeah, you know, and, right. and so what's your philosophy on connecting with people? Because it is a, it's personal decision, you know. And, and Oh, it's so personal. I think if a person... I'll use that lawyer, maybe mm -hmm. CPA example mm -hmm. again. If a person, by the nature of their work, really has very sensitive, confidential kinds of information they deal with, mm -hmm. and um, especially if they allow their connections to be seen by other mm -hmm. connections, mm -hmm. they don't have to, of course, I would be extremely selective, very strategic. Selective is even a better word. Right. For people in certain types of work. Mm -hmm. Also, you have a style. I'm the kind of person who goes into a room and thinks everybody's already my friend, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I'm kind of an open networker in real life, I am more or less a pretty open networker on LinkedIn. I don't mm -hmm. advertise myself as such, right. but I, I lean toward accepting people. Mm -hmm. Now that said, there are the people that uh, are clearly somebody I don't have an interest in. Maybe they're in another country or they're very sketchy profile or uh, there's something about them where red flags go off and I just ignore them. Mm -hmm. But there's what I call the gray area. Someone who might be a person you want to connect with. You might consider connecting with them, but maybe you want to hold off either way. Mm -hmm. So either way, I have a message I always like to send to them. So if you're not sure about the person, you have to do this on the computer. So try to go with me here and picture your pending invites there in the My Network section. And right above that is Manage All. Mm -hmm. The words manage all. When you click on that, it will show you all your pending invites with a little hyperlink with the word message. Mm -hmm. Message. Now you click on that. And what I like to say is, thank you, Deb. Let's say it was you. Thank you, Deb, for the invite. What prompted you to reach out to me? Mm -hmm. What prompted you to reach out to me? Very straightforward um, question. Some will write back, some will not. So then you have to decide, well, do I still accept them or not? Again, right. it's, it's your call. Now, just this very morning, get mm -hmm. this. There was a woman who reached out to me, and I, I, she looked pretty nice. She was here in the Denver area, mm -hmm. and we had several people in common, and I thought, well, you know, I think I'll go ahead and connect with her, and I wrote her that question, even though I, you know, like I say, because I didn't know her. Mm -hmm. She writes back. She says, well, I was at Kevin Knebel's workshop because my boss made me go, you know, say this person's name or anything, mm -hmm. and she said, I'm kind of old-fashioned. I got my Rolodex and my phone calls, mm -hmm. but I know that probably social media could be something I should know about. Oh, please put me on your newsletter, she says. Um, maybe we can meet in person. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, does this person sound friendly and nice already? Right. Mm -hmm. She sounds like maybe somebody I could help for pay, maybe mm -hmm. not. Right. So I wrote her back and I invited her to my meetup group and now we're going to have coffee on mm -hmm. February 4th. 
because yeah. her office happens to be in Lakewood. She, mm-hmm. you know, she lives in another town oh, in nice. yeah. area. But look at that. We had this lovely connection mm-hmm. messaging back and forth on LinkedIn. And now I know so much more about her. So mm-hmm. it was just a classic example of why it pays to ask that question, not just accept them. And the other thing I do, which is not exactly what you asked, but I think will help people you know, know you better is when you do accept that person, have a little standard spiel. You put in maybe a mm-hmm. Word document. I do that and say, here are my services, you know, one or two sentences. Here's mm-hmm. a link to my free ebook. We've already mm-hmm. talked about that. Now they've got a resource from you. Now you're going to capture their email address for your newsletter Mm -hmm. and then say, you know, here's my phone number. Here's my email. Here's my website. Because again, make it easy for that person so they don't have to go into content Mm -hmm. information. So I like to just, I've had one person out of hundreds and hundreds of people say she thought it was too salesy that I Mm -hmm. did that. Only one person. Yeah. And that is the trick is to not have it be too salesy. No, it's Um, informational. It's just informational. No, I I had one a a couple weeks ago who, it was a, you know, it started out to be something that I thought was very promising. Now I get a lot of the creepy people of the world, you know, and, and you know, all the, every military person in the world seems to have a LinkedIn profile and they send me a request to connect. Wow. Say, I'm pretty. Isn't that special? Um, you know, and, and so this, this guy said, you know, I'm, I've, uh, he messaged me. So he, he used in messaging and that's, you know, a totally different. Oh, he had in mail. Okay. And yeah, so he used in mail. And so he sent me a note and, and he said, you know, we have a lot of mutual connections. I looked, yes, we did. And, and he he had clearly gone to my profile. He actually mentioned several things about it. So I thought, okay, this is good. And he said, I have followed you, which is an option. You can just follow people as opposed to connecting with them. But it means, it means you're just following him. Just like in, in Facebook, you're just following. You can't really, you know, there's not much. Twitter. Yeah. Um, And so he said, uh, you know, because I didn't want to send a request to connect because we don't know each other. I thought I'd leave it up to you. And I thought, okay, now that was nice and that was polite. So I read his profile. I thought, hey, you know, he does look interesting. I sent him, you know, I, I did send a request to connect and got back one of the most salesy things I'd ever seen. <gasps> <laughs> and it was like, oh, dude, you blew it. <laughs> you know, um, you know or, or there are those people who clearly don't read profiles. I love it when I get a request to connect from somebody and it says, I would love to help you learn how to use social media. What? Uh, seriously? Did you look at my profile? Um, you know, and, and, and I debate about if or when I'm going to respond. Um, and it's funny, I had this, I actually had a debate about this topic on Facebook and it was, it was a very funny thing that we were talking uh-huh. about on Facebook, but it was, it was a person who clearly um, English was a second language for them. They were not in the United States. And, and I was, let's just be blunt about this. I was poking fun. And now I did not show their name. I didn't do anything like that. I mean, you know, I wasn't quite that mean. And a, and a person called me out for bullying and said, you know, that was really pretty rude of you. And, and of course she did this in the thread. And so everybody saw it. And, and I said, you're right. I did because I did. Um, but you know, that is one of the things that we need to think about is, you know, when we get a request to connect from someone, maybe consider that English might not be their primary language. You yeah. know, so don't just look at it and go, Oh my gosh, you know, this person is, you know, is a twit. Look at it, look at their profile. It still might not make sense to connect. Um, and it's funny, I never hit ignore. I leave them in there because I don't, because if you do ignore, they can keep pinging at you. So I just leave See them. See that last part, if you hit ignore what? If you hit ignore, they can send you another request to connect so they can keep doing it. Um, oh, then yeah. I would go in and block them. Yep. So I just kind of leave them in no man's land. Um, oh. And they can. That's yeah, I'm just... I'm so neat and tidy. I just don't like it. I know. Well, and I leave them sometimes. Just that works for you. Um, you know, and, and, and then the other thing is I look through, I will never connect with someone and, and I'll be, I never connect with someone now. And I have over 3000 connections if they don't have a picture. Yep. No, I'm sorry. If you do not have a picture, I'm not going to connect with you. And by the way, Deb, a picture of them. Yes. Not the logo oh, yes. of their not company, their logo. Right? Yes. I'm looking at my request to connect right now. We've got one, two, three, four, five logos um, in, in here. And that's just, you know, the, like the first 10 people. Um, you know, it needs to, needs to be a picture. I don't even know what this picture is. Um, Sometimes I'll write to those people, Deb, mm-hmm. and I'll say, if you send me a request with you have a picture of yourself mm-hmm. in it, mm-hmm. I will consider connecting with you, but right. I will not connect with you with this picture. And then mm-hmm. I just ignore them. And mm-hmm. then, of course, they can send it back later right. if they want. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, 
usually when I look at it and they don't have a picture, it's somebody who has, you know, no, no profile really, um, all of those various things. So, you know, it really was somebody who was probably just going to start spamming me. Um, yeah. You know, or and, and in my case, it could be like a newbie who, mm-hmm. right. That's why cause sometimes oh, it's yeah. like, just yeah. doesn't know better. Yep. You know, and, and um, yeah, so there are several different things that, that I kind of look through when I'm looking to connect, um, you know, and, 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 and if they have set up, the, here's one right here in front of me, if they set up a personal profile as a business, you know, this oh, is- Oh, I hate clear, that. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm not, you know- That's this, what company pages are for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and for you, that would be a great, oppor- a great opportunity for a teaching moment. Yeah. Um, for me, right. I ignore them. Um, but, you know, what we're, we're trying to get across to the listeners is there is an, an, an etiquette, maybe, of how to do requests to connect. And, you know, you can't be salesy. You have to be real. And my big thing, and, and you mentioned this in, in some of your material, is- Unless you really are just kind of sitting there staring at somebody or, you know, you, you know them very well, always personalize the message. You know, remind exactly. them, even if it was just, hey, you know, we just met at a lunch, remind them. You know, we, we have the attention span of a gnat. So if I don't tell somebody, hey, you know, we just met, they might not remember. Um, you know, See, and- what's tricky is that a lot of people... Um, don't know how to do this on a mobile device. Right, I know because the default it's is a little tricky Whee! thing. You've got to click on more dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. You know, I could tell any listener who wants to know what to do. I could help them. Mm-hmm. But see, I think so many people live and breathe on their mobile devices mm-hmm. and to cut them a little bit of slack, it's not readily apparent right. how to write these notes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, and it's funny because I can tell usually when somebody is doing it from a mobile, because it is that default, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn. It doesn't mean that I disregard them. You know, I, I always right. go and look uh, because I figure out oh, well, they did it on their, their, um, their thing. And, and then the other thing that you talk about, and I keep saying you talk about this, you have this great um, resource called Maximize Your LinkedIn Experience. It's an ebook. You've got it on your website. And at the end, we'll tell people how they can get that. But right. you also mentioned in there that um, one of the things is if somebody has sent you a request to connect with a message, read it and respond. Um, yeah, you know, and and now again, if I can tell that it clearly is somebody who's just wanting to spam me, I just ignore it. But you know, for the most part, I will respond and I'll say, "Hey, it's great to virtually connect with you. You know, what can I do to help you?" Things like that. The tricky thing about this too, if you don't, if you accept them first, I believe there's no way to access. I think it goes away. I think the message it goes, goes away. away. Yep. Yeah, so, so do the respond first, but then don't forget to accept mm-hmm. them. Right. You know, one more thing you brought up earlier I want to make sure to get to is how often to go on LinkedIn. Yes, yes. And I've been thinking about this a lot, Deb, and I think once, maybe twice a week for the average person is plenty, mm-hmm. 15 to 20 minutes. And what would you do with that time? You would create a post. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to post on LinkedIn. And it's like a Facebook update. Make sure you have a visual, some kind right. of trend, you mm-hmm. know, some event coming up, some event you've been to. I mean, just something, some tip. Mm-hmm. So that's the post. Then you go in and check your, your invites, the new invites you haven't looked at yet. You check your messages mm-hmm. and then also check your notifications mm-hmm. because that is a, speaking of reconnecting with people, it could be someone you hadn't thought of in a long time and it's right. their anniversary at the mm-hmm. company and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been five years already. Mm-hmm. And you go click on the congrats button and now you get to write a little personal note mm-hmm. or the new job, are, you know, people that get. I have 10 people today who have work anniversaries. You know, just think if, and I don't do this, I should, this is my bad. I mean, just think if I, now I'm probably going to have a little canned statement, but you know, just because everybody just clicks on the congratulations. So, you know, I should do a quick little cut and paste, you know, hey, what have you been up to? You know, that type of thing. Yeah. And I don't do it with every, I mean, I'm selective. If I don't Mm -hmm. know that person, right. I, I want to be interested in them. So because I have like 7,300 mm-hmm. connections now, mm-hmm. so I get a lot of these. And one quick thing to t- make sure people know, if you want to make sure you're only getting notified about items of value and interest to you, be sure to go to your settings, to communications, and to notifications, mm-hmm. and then adjust what you're getting notified about. And furthermore, the email frequency, it's a related setting right below the notification mm-hmm. setting because um, the default is you get a lot of emails from LinkedIn right. you really don't right. want to get. And that's a, one of the reasons why people like, oh my God, I'm not going to use LinkedIn. Well, you can turn that off or turn it yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
have it just come weekly instead of daily or just not, you know, if you, and also if you really trained yourself to go into LinkedIn, I would really minimize what you get emails about at all, mm-hmm. except maybe, uh, oh, let's say if somebody connected with you, I like to know when someone accepts my invite, Right. Mm-hmm. I like that to come into email. I like mm-hmm. to know when they, uh, you know, when um, they've sent me one, mm-hmm. I like to get it. And also if someone's commented on a post I put up, Yes. And yeah, that, and, and yeah, because I, I want to respond to that, even if I'm yeah. just going to say, hey, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And you should. You don't have to respond to everybody who likes your day and post. Mm-hmm. But if they've taken the time to even say congratulations or good job, you'll be courteous enough to write back, like mm-hmm. it, and reply and say, thank you very much, Deborah, you know, right. whatever it might be. So well, that doesn't take long like at it all. When it's just people polite. do that to us, you know, yeah. so let's, 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 you know, do it to them also. Oh, yeah. Well, George, we've only got a couple minutes left. So yeah, that's true. We got it. Yeah, you keep me on track. Flying through this. Um, so, what else do you want to make sure that people know, um, especially if they haven't been all that active on LinkedIn? Well, I thought I would quickly mention articles. Oh yeah, I know this is a little more esoteric, but articles. The good thing about publishing an article, like say you take a blog post type mm-hmm. of thing and repurpose it a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and you can. It's very easy to do, and it says right in articles. You go over there add a visual and you can just copy and paste that baby from your word document mm-hmm. right into the space provided. You can, it, it prompts you to put a little hashtag so you can have search terms associated with your article mm-hmm. and then you publish it. Mm-hmm. Now I'll tell people back in the day, two years ago, before Microsoft bought LinkedIn articles had some pretty good um, following, pretty good right. eyeballs. Mm-hmm. This dropped down dramatically. Yet I still publish an article maybe now or we couple months, not mm-hmm. as often. And the reason I like them is it's evergreen content that right. lives on your profile mm-hmm. forever, mm-hmm. forever. So it's part of your brand. Now the uh, little updates get a lot more eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And especially if somebody, if you're lucky so much that an influencer would see it and then their people see it too. And speaking of influencers, another idea besides creating your own post and articles is to, like Wayne Breitbart would be a great example. Mm-hmm. I would go say to Wayne's um, profile and scroll down looking at his recent activities mm-hmm. and I'd find some cool thing that he either curated that he found or maybe he created himself and then I share that out to my people. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to stay in good with people that give you business or you highly regard, people like that. And they're like, oh, look at that. They're all flattered, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have such great content that your people are seeing and you don't even have to, you know, come out of your head. You just right. know where to go and look for it. Right. You know, and, and kind of along those same lines, I believe in your ebook, you mentioned that your, your kind of rule of thumb, and I like this, is 80% of what you share is somebody else's content. You know, yeah, and, and I, I like that because then we're not. that rule, but Yeah. It's a good rule. Sorry yeah. for interrupting. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if say you're given a webinar, then you're you're probably going to talk about it more. Um, but okay. then maybe the next week you don't do uh, you, your own handwritten, shall we say, post. Um, yeah. You know, and and so, but by sharing somebody else's content, you get their attention. Maybe you know, it all depends. You know, if somebody's you know uh, you know a Bill Gates of the world, he's not going to notice. But you know, if it's I'm I'm looking Bob Berg is is he just popped up in front of mine. You know, if I shared one of his posts, Bob might actually notice. Um, you know, and, and so sharing other people's content in no way takes away from you. If anything, oh, yeah. it helps because it shows you're connected and, it shows, and connected right, in the way that you know, you know what's going on. And the other quick thing to add is when you do the at sign mm-hmm. and then their name right after it, do you know, even if they're not your first level connection, mm-hmm. unless their settings are yep. restricted, mm-hmm. that will still ping them. Mm-hmm. That you've shared that piece. Right. We're just like tagging on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that's the other way to, to really heighten the chance that they see that you um, share that, that right. piece of you know, and, and we've mentioned settings several times, and I think that's something, folks, that, that we want to encourage you to do is go through and look at your settings. You know, make sure that it's the way you want. Um, you know, you might need to turn things on, turn things off. Um, I always tell people, if you're going to be making a lot of changes and updating, then turn off the notifications thing. Um, yeah. You don't want your entire network being pinged when you change a job title or, you know, add something new. You can turn it back on later if you want. Um, you know, you can, you can determine who sees your posts, all these various things. So always check the settings. Yep. Amen to that. Well, good golly, Joyce. We are at the top of the hour and wow. time has just flown, which obviously means we just have to have you on again. That'd be but fun. before then, 
tell people how they find you and connect with you online because you've got, I mentioned the ebook, you've got webinars, you've got training, both for LinkedIn and for Facebook, um, you know, all sorts of great things. So tell people how they find you online. Well, the best place to go is to my website, which okay. is uh, www, of course, Boomers, mm-hmm. B-O-O-M-E-R-S, social media tutor t-o-t-o-r.com mm-hmm. and from there there are a little pop-up will show up pretty quickly that you can complete the, the short template and that will then give you the ebook mm-hmm. and in return i'll have your email for my newsletter right now my newsletter i send out once a month to you know people that do this uh i have a new newsletter i've started adding sending to my clients which mm-hmm. is fun giving them special offers Great. and uh, that's been fun another way to find me is on facebook again mm-hmm. under the business title boomers uh with and there i think you can put the apostrophe my if my official name is boomers apostrophe after the <laughs> s social media tutor so you can find my business page on facebook that's another good place and of course on linkedin oh you're going to love this there's in the URL that you can customize. Mm-hmm. Joyce Voice, so social media trainer is exactly 30 characters, and that's the max you can have oh my for gosh, a I customized LinkedIn URL. Mm-hmm. So if you just go in and just type Joyce Voice, so F E U S T E L, F like in Frank, mm-hmm. E U S T E L on LinkedIn, you'll find me. Perfect. I love it. Well, Joyce, any final words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Well, I want to say that I work with people from all over the world, just a final, you know, Zoom, like we're using mm-hmm. now is what I do. And I think here's the final thing about LinkedIn. Please don't group it in with all the other social media. Please don't think you have to be on it day and night. Mm-hmm. A little tiny bit on LinkedIn goes a very long way. And as you said earlier in the program, it's a business platform. Mm-hmm. So I think that people get intimidated. They overthink it. They're, they're overwhelmed. Seriously, it's not as complicated as you think. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, Joyce, until next time, I can't wait. We're going to have great fun when we chat again. But until next time, I am Deb Creer. I've been talking with Joyce Foistel, and everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.